Released on Sunday, March 13th, 2016. This Agile Life, episode 106. A drove of asses. The software industry transforms more and more every day. Agile methods are quickly replacing traditional ones. The question is, are you agile enough? This podcast is devoted to agile and lean software development. Time to welcome your agile coaches on This Agile Life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to This Agile Life. I'm Craig Buchek. Joining me today are my co-host, Amos King. Woo! Good to be and back. And Lee McCauley. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe that's Eeyore. I'm not sure. <laughs> Lost my tail again. <laughs> All right. Uh, tonight's topic is going to be team cohesion. Wait, 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 wait. I think Lee has to do the whole podcast as Winnie the Pooh. Oh, oh my. Winnie the Pooh or Eeyore? Oh, oh. I think it must be a Wednesday. <laughs> wow. That's pretty perfect. You're really good at this. <laughs> You're a talented man, Lee. I had no idea. <sighs> All right. That's quite some some team cohesion we got going here. <laughs> About time. So, <laughs> so I have a new team that I am leading, and I'm having some trouble getting the team to gel. Um, so when we have a meeting, trying to figure out what we're doing, how we're working, any kind of meeting, uh, it's very frustrating. So I'm wondering if you guys have any tips on getting the team through the storming phase. I think and, we need and, to s- start out and clarify a definition here. Whenever we say that any of us are leading a team, leading is a pretty strong <laughs> word for what we do. <laughs> well, it's a different kind of leading. Uh, I mean, I've actually I've actually been thinking about that very uh, aspect of what we do uh, recently and the fact that we lead from behind. Well, right. I was just recently out in Santa Barbara and I went to Santa Barbara's Agile um, Link group and they talked about leading from the back of the room. Same thing. And it was yeah. fantastic. So so for me, um, I always think of of leading as as the definition for me of leading is getting everyone else to where they don't need a leader. Oh, yes. I agree with that. But I, this is like the beginning of that. So um, I'm kind of wondering if I need actually a little more hands-on leadership instead, a little more from the front leadership instead of from the back to get them started. I, I feel like I'm I'm hurting cats, you know, and <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter if you're in the back or the front, does it? <laughs> so what do you think is their one biggest issue at the moment, Craig? If you could solve one thing, what would it be? Pulling in the same direction. So what do you mean by that, pulling in the same direction? Um, I guess having a shared vision of what we're trying to accomplish here. And uh, probably more specifically what we're trying to accomplish in the next couple weeks. So how how you are going to accomplish the next... Uh, are you guys doing sprints or are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. We okay. do one week sprints. Um, one of the problems where we, so <laughs> one of the biggest problems is actually figuring out what to work on. Uh, 
So we've got cards that come from the product owner, but we also have a lot of cards that are being um, written by the developers themselves. Are those direct um, breakdowns of what the of the cards that the product owner created? No. So the product we're building is pretty technical, and I think that there's more. Maybe they are in a sense. So sometimes the product owner and sometimes even I as the engineering manager don't really know everything that needs to be done to get to where we're headed. Um, so, you know, we've been trying to break down stories better. We've been trying to write stories that are more clear, you know, given when then format. Um, I mean, that that's something we've been struggling with as well is trying to understand, come to a shared understanding of each story. Um I think we're doing a little better with that. What do you what do you think is causing that? Um, I think we don't we're not careful about being clear when we write the stories, you know. Person A will write in one format, person B will write in another format, and they write what's clear to them, but it's not written in a way that's going to be clear to hardly anyone else. Wait where how are you getting to clarity on those stories or are you uh usually it's part of this frustrating process in planning to try to have someone explain what it means try to rewrite it but that's not always you know that feasible especially since we're trying to get through you know 20 story cards in an hour um you know we're trying to get a shared understanding and estimate um not that we spend a lot of time on estimating um, pretty good about just, you know, once I think we have a shared understanding, uh, voting with fingers and taking sort of the consensus and not spending much time with that. So are you guys um, pairing? Unless we don't, unless we don't have a consensus. Um, there's not a lot of pairing going on. I was, cause I was going to say maybe, um, when somebody's creating a story, they could, at least grab somebody else for that portion. And then that helps make sure that the story is written in a more communicating way, or that when you get into the meeting, hopefully you at least don't have a bus number of one of who understands what that story means. I don't know if that's helpful. (laughs) Um, That's a thought that might work for us. Um, It might be some, uh, a way to get more pairing to happen. Um, uh, The last retro, I guess yesterday we talked about, um, one of our other struggles we've had is um, work in progress is at times about half of the week's work. Um, and part of that is because things sit in ready for testing a lot of times. And so we made a new rule that um, when you move something to testing, uh, if you're solo, then you find someone to test with you. So you basically explain what it was supposed to accomplish and give them hints on how to test it and they test it. And if it was a pair, then one pair drops off and the other person moves forward with it. So I think that's going to help with testing or pairing in in the testing phase. Um, So, you know, we're kind of working pairing in slowly and we're, we're also doing it with a reasoning behind it, not just um, me telling them that pairing is good. And so you should pair. So you talked about maybe moving to leading from the front and, and that's the same for me, that's leading by example. So are you pairing all the time? Are you like sitting down with them or saying, Hey, I need somebody to work with me. 
No. Um, one of my other challenges is uh, every time I look at my calendar, I don't have a maker schedule. I have a manager schedule. So basically there's meetings all over my map when I look at my calendar. And I don't know that there's much I can do with that. I, I think Amos may have hit on something really important because um, if you're not having time to to be a leader and for me your your brand of leadership our brand of leadership really is about sitting down with people and pairing with them and doing the engineering and and if you can't do that then you can't be the leader that you know how to be hey, yeah i i am struggling to find a way to be the leader that 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 i was in in a way that i know how and i'm comfortable with well, that definitely sounds like you should be going and talking to whoever is in a position to put you more in in uh, encroached i don't know with the team uh instead of hanging out in another room with meetings or one way that i've worked this before is um start bringing the whole team to the meetings with you <laughs> make make it cost more yep um, uh, I, I'm considering delegating some of the meetings to people, um, actually to to deal. So one of the things we've done as far as trying to make the stories and the planning session more palatable is to have the product owner, the product analyst, and myself um, basically go through pre-planning and try to figure out, okay, prior, basically prioritize the cars that we have. And then so the planning session with the whole team can go quicker. We just, you know, go through the cards, make sure they make sense. Everyone's on the same page and, and pull them into the sprint. Uh, and see, that's one of the things that I always complain about is when teams have a separate planning meeting for the manager and then the rest of the team, because I think that you lose something there, including some camaraderie, but also the input that all the developers who are on their hands on, which you're saying you're not really being hands on right now, all of their insight into where you need to move next, what you need to do, where things might break down, you're missing out on that until after you've made decisions well i think it's fair to decide what the priorities are from the project manager perspective or the project owner perspective it it is but it should be at a feature level not at a not an individual story level that is what you're trying to do so let the product owner uh deal with features and figure out which features they want first and then you guys can get together and say, here's the feature that was described and let's break that down into the individual stories. But then you've already kind of got your priority set based on the feature. Is that, is that practical in this situation or not? Yes. The problem that I we're trying to solve, one of the problems we're trying to solve is, um, writing better stories and writing stories with, you know, 14 people versus three people. Uh, I mean, we're, we're having trouble just getting to a shared understanding of the stories and, and, you know, the planning meeting is taking about an hour and a half for, I think we had about 20 stories. So if we had the whole team involved in the prioritizing, uh, that would be a four hour meeting, you know, every week. Just for planning. 
I think part of my problem is that the team is too big. How many people are on the I team? So there are, um, I believe, nine engineers and product owner, product analyst, and myself. It's not horribly big. I mean, no, it is, it is edging it's on big. Start. I think, so I think is it's this a one of those... big team to get started with. So this is a brand new project? Um, so that's one of the other issues we had is um, we basically merged two teams. Uh, the team I was on before, uh, it was uh, five of us joined this other team that existed for, I guess, about four months. And we've been on it for a month. Um, and so we've kind of merged two teams and the cultures kind of have been clashing. Um, you know, occasionally I'll see the team starting to gel, but then it, it, it doesn't get there and it kind of takes the step back into the, the storming. If you're not, if you're not there because you're in meetings all the time too, it's really hard to, to get through the, the storming phase because now you're not always present in the team. You're barely present in the team. You're like a, you're like a yeah. thorn that hops in and then leaves and then comes back. You're like a new guy <laughs> all the time. You're never, Ugh. you're always going to be the new guy as long as you're not really with the team. That's, yeah, that's probably fair. And, and the other thing is, have you had a chance to really earn their respect as an engineer? If you're constantly in meetings, no, not not with the new team. With the old team, I was able to. It was a smaller team of just four engineers and myself, and and I was right. able to have the time to pair with each of them individually. Hmm. So, is there a way that you can block out your schedule so that it only looks like you're available for meetings during a certain time of the day? Um, probably not too much because most of the meetings most of the meetings are from like on high. We actually have. Um, yeah, well, past couple of weeks have been an exception with some interviewing, um, which is also weird since now I think that I was trying to grow my team. Now I think maybe I should shrink the team. Um, <laughs> but a lot of the meetings are from upper management that I don't really have a choice to change. Do you have a choice as to who goes to them? Could you delegate them to other people in, on the team? Other volunteers? I don't think those meetings I can. Um, some of the meetings, uh, we do have had a few volunteers, uh, like meetings on security issues, um, things like that. What What do you do when you're not in those meetings and you are with the team? How do you work? Um, I try to pair occasionally, um, try to have some one-on-ones. Uh, even that, I've been feeling overwhelmed, not having enough time for all that. One on ones is that a uh, just a sit down with a uh, with one of your people? Is that it? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure I had the terminology right. Yeah, I mean, I I still I feel like you got to find a way that you can lead by example of what you want them to do. But as long as you're gone, you can't you can't do that. You can't you can't lead and be in meetings. How 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 many hours a day would you say is average? Probably three. Maybe four. Yeah, and it's and it's probably separated out, isn't it? Like exactly right. You 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 don't have time to lead, and, right? Right. And so I think that 
I think you need to start there. Figure out how you can have time. Go go to your yeah. management and say, hey, I need I need somebody that can take over this administrative stuff. Or, or whatever meetings you do have control over. Right. Speak with your feet. Mm-hmm. So I have one mm-hmm. other suggestion that goes to a different a different uh, uh, aspect. You also seem to have two teams that haven't really figured out that they still should work as one team uh, as well. Am I am I reading that correctly or not? Yeah, that's. I think that's still the case. Okay, so I have a weird suggestion that I have been dying to draw to try with a team. I think it would work, but I'll throw it out there and see what you guys think. So, um, have you guys ever done the uh, escape the room stuff? Are you familiar with this? I, 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 I'm familiar it. with it, but I have not done it. I would love to though. Okay, so this is this is basically a a set of puzzles. Um, there are there's a couple of them in St. Louis that will do this. Basically, you go in and you can have anywhere from six to twelve people in a room, and there's in one case you just have to figure out how to escape. That's where the name originally came from. In some cases, it's figuring out you're robbing a a, a bank, so you have to figure out how to rob the bank. And there's so, a time limit. You've got an hour, um, and there's a set of puzzles that you will progress through. And the and there's no way you can do all of them as a single focus group. You have to start splitting up and working together to be able to pull this off, and, and within the time. And only about thirty people. Yeah. When you, when you say it's a puzzle, and and it's escaping the room or robbing the bank, is this like somewhere you physically go and have to physically? It, it is someplace you physically go and have to physically do this stuff. Interesting. Um, it is it is awesome. My my daughter did that did it with a group of her friends for a birthday party because they are all really intellectual and loved it. Um, and. Uh, and it feels like it would be an excellent team building kind of a, an exercise that gets your team working together in a in a constructive way, and uh, and I think it would be very interesting to try. Only about thirty percent of the groups that go through it actually successfully escape. By the way, <laughs> within the t- within the time given. If you're not successful, do you still learn? And, oh, and absolutely! Learn how to work absolutely. together. Yep, because there's there's a series of puzzles you'll go through, you know, anywhere from ten to twenty in that hour um, that you're that you're trying to uh, to solve uh, together. Did you do this at uh, the haunted house there in St. Louis? No, there's a place downtown uh, on Washington Avenue that we went to. Okay, because they're they're doing that at the. St. Louis, for all the listeners, has a really giant haunted house that haunted house owners from around the world fly into St. Louis in order to come to it. Um, Creepy World, I believe is what it's called, uh, over in Soulard. Am I right, guys? Is that what it's called? I don't know. But, where there's a lot in town. Anyway, they're they're doing the escape from room thing at the haunted house, like with people trying to scare you while you're doing it. That would be pretty intense. Anyway, sorry, I got, I, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of digress too with the whole suggestion. So sorry, no, I, sorry, I think, Craig. I think team building would be would be helpful actually. Um, we we actually have sort of two issues as far as combining teams. We have 
the new team versus the old team, we also have uh, system engineers versus developers. Um, and most of the teams in our company have tried <laughs> to varying degrees of success to combine the engineers, the system engineers and the developers. Um, for my team, I don't know that that's the right idea because of the complexity of the system engineering side and because they're more likely to stay with the team long term whereas the developers are sort of just building a front end to to basically the it's it's cloud foundry which is um basically building a cluster of cloud uh, uh clowns clouds. <laughs> did you say a cloud oh. that would oh, be sorry. awesome a cluster of clowns it would be a cluster of clowns is that is that the uh the name for a group of clowns a cluster or is it a, a <laughs> tiny car of is it a tiny car of clowns? A, a tiny car of clowns? I don't know. I don't know. Like like a murder of crows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I am totally ruining this conversation. Uh, so do clowns So do you do you call a bunch of clowns a herd <laughs> or is it more like a tribe? I don't know. So there's a word for that. Is it? Uh, Are you? Craig's looking up. What is a group of clowns called? Aren't you? <laughs> uh, we have really let this show go. I I believe it's it, the the term is venery to to explain a what a group of things is called. Wow, we've gotten really meta here. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you describe your team? What? What would be the venery for your team, Craig? <laughs> I'm trying to get it back on track. Uh, you see? <laughs> uh, let's see. Are they antelopes? A herd of antelopes, or a a, a her a drove of asses? Uh, I, I, I wow! Did he, just, did he just call his? We're his we're looking a for a metaphor asses? here. So you just called your team. I, if if you didn't notice, I was at the top of the alphabet. All right. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was. Uh, Feeling sorry for the people on your team, actually. Uh, <laughs> God, this is depressing. <laughs> Jumped right to the asses, man. I know. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, from everything that I've heard, it sounds like you need to get back in with the team and out of those meetings. Uh, whether you, whether you're speaking with your feet and just going into the meeting and saying, "Hey, listen." Um, I can't lead my team the way that things currently are, so I'm going back to them. Um, and and I I feel where you're coming from. It's hard to be motivated sometimes to to be the lead by example person when you feel like maybe you could be the only one. And I'm not saying you are the only one on your team, um, but it when you when you feel outnumbered by people who aren't doing what you believe is the right thing. Right. Now, the other thought is, are they doing the right thing and you're not seeing it because you're not there? Do they have a better solution than you for that team and how they work? Because you're not there with them. No, no, no. I don't think anyone on the team thinks that it's gelling. We, I mean, there was a point in time about a week ago, I think, right after Retro, uh, for about a day, we thought the team was starting to gel and then... It, it just kind of falls apart sometimes. So what happened? It started to gel, and so it started to feel good. What happened so that it dropped? 
Um, usually, so what's happened in the past couple of days at Retro and Planning Session was basically just everyone's talking over everybody. Um, that's that's the main thing, I think. Um, it, it just kind of devolves into that. Everybody's um, talking and, over everybody. Yeah. And and you know, at first, uh, I yeah, I don't like to. You know, I like to facilitate. I don't like to, you know, stop conversation. But it's gotten out of hand the past few days. Are they not listening to each other? Um, that's usually, usually the case yeah. when when four people are talking. It's hard for those four people to be listening. Yeah, but obviously they they're not really paying attention to what the other person is saying because they're they're just thinking about what they're going to say next. Wow, it's like being on this podcast. <laughs> Did you want to say something, Miles? <laughs> podcasting is really obvious when you're talking over somebody because you know that it's just not going to record well. Uh, so, do you need a talking stick in your meetings? That's not a bad idea. One with, you know, nails. <laughs> so that they're not trying to yank it out of each other's hands. <laughs> Maybe you could start the meeting with the peace pipe and then bring out the talking stick. <laughs> uh, Missouri hasn't legalized the peace pipe yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so I, I really think that um, y- you need to go do a team building exercise and and bring in a talking stick or a ball to throw around your meetings for people who want to talk is might be a fantastic thing. And And retros, get an external facilitator. Yeah, I definitely need to do that. We've only had three retros, I think, since I've been on the team. Um, but it's the past three weeks. Um, retro facilitators kind of died in our company for a while. We lost a lot of the Agile coaches. Um, and we're just starting to bring that program back up. So, but, I mean, anybody can really be a facilitator, to be fair. It's, I think... Uh, yeah, it helps if they kind of have a little experience with facilitation. But yeah, we we actually got a group now. I need to go recruit one. Yeah, or if a driving desire to to be a facilitator too can help you get up to speed pretty quickly. Yeah, can you talk more about the talking stick? Is that there are other names for that? What's the idea behind that? Uh, uh, I think it, I know, but I don't know that our listeners know. So whoever has the the ball or the talking stick is the only person that can talk. And if somebody else wants to talk, they have to raise their hand. And the person with that ball then <clears throat> passes it off to whoever raised their hand, tosses it across the room. Uh, a talking stick you don't normally want to toss across the room. It's not as easy to catch. <laughs> um, but, a, but a little ball works pretty well for tossing around. Um, the only thing that you really have to worry about there is I have been in certain situations where one person gets the ball and will talk and talk and talk and tell and like he, nobody can see me maybe I should explain they tell the other people <laughs> to put their hands down and then they keep talking and you you have to have a, a, a so now ti- you need a timer you could either do a timer or I have seen some really good things where if more than one person has their hand up at that point you have to stop and pass it off to the first person that had their hand up uh, so that's that reminds me of Congress where if you have enough votes you can was that a vote for cloture uh, you can override the uh, uh, 
filibuster. That's true. Interesting. So yeah, like if if two people raise their hand, then that person has to like finish whatever their current thought is. Um, which if you're in a room with one of with my my kids, there there are a couple of them that their thought could go on for an hour and a half. Um, so you might have to cut off their thought a little early too. But yeah, I wouldn't have a timer necessarily, but maybe a timer after someone raises their hand. Uh-huh. That makes sense. Unless you find out that nobody's raising their hand, which is, that's a different I, podcast. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I don't know that we're going to have that problem too, too badly. I didn't think so. <laughs> Normally when you have to implement the talking stick, it's because everybody wants their hand up. Yeah. Any other thoughts on team cohesion? Um, actually, have we talked? We haven't really talked about forming, storming, norming, and performing. I know we've talked about it on an episode or two before, but I just want to go over over that. Um, so these are stages in the formation of a team that supposedly happen on every team. And even if you have an existing team and you make a significant change, they basically go through these stages. So forming is basically just, you know, you're getting the team together, you're learning about each other. And storming is when you start having some friction because you come to the team with different values or different ideas of how things should work. And so you have to get through that phase. And then you get to the norming phase, which basically is the the team cohesion and the gelling that I'm talking about wanting to get to and uh, once you get through that phase then you get to performing which is basically running on all cylinders and um, that's not an easy place to get but when you get there it's a great team to be on and everyone wants to stick on the team the trick is making that transition between a new team and performing as quick as possible yeah no, you can't just skip the storming. If you skip the storming, you actually have other issues. Um, so it's sort of this immature or stunted growth team. Um, it's sort of like the the phases of, of learning, like Amos says, the uh, the expert beginner, I think it's called. So if you skip some of the stages, you you think you're an expert, but you're really still just an advanced beginner. And, and, and I think that happens when you are always with beginners. You're never with someone better than you you're always at equal levels after a while one of you decides that you're an expert (laughs) (laughs) so the other thing is uh if you if you seem like you're you've skipped the storming sometimes it's because people on your team are just apathetic and they don't care enough to make the friction that can also be horrible which means you'll probably never get to the norming and you'll definitely never get to the performing Right. Yeah. A- apathetic people don't generally perform well. <laughs> unless you're in, unless you're in the government. <laughs> government workers, I've seen. It doesn't matter to me. You've seen them perform. I, I no, I've government. seen. Oh, <laughs> I, I've seen both. I've seen both. I have seen the majority of my apathetic developers have been when I worked for the government or on government contracts. I, um, I will have to agree. Yeah. So if there's any uh, government listeners out there, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ye- that's a- Amos, depressing. you also you also worked for the post office before, didn't you? 
I that yes, I worked for a U.S. Geological Survey and the Postal Service, and then I did some government contracting too for the military, different branches. It was rather depressing. Oh, and I've worked for a municipal utility company, um, and I'm not sure if they were owned by the government. I think that's what municipal means, though. <laughs> Uh, and and it was pretty bad for most of their employees all right we have anything to add on team cohesion guys i i don't find something fun take everybody out Make them shoot at each other with paintballs or something like that. Like if for some reason, that, if you that can backfire in more well, ways than one. I know, <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes causing physical pain to others can just like bring out the love between two people. <laughs> yeah, you shoot some shoot somebody in the in the face mask uh, oh. from from uh, ten feet away and see if they don't get a little pissed. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It just depends on how long they stay pissed. Yeah. Or if they can laugh about it tomorrow. But you have so, to know your team when you pick something like that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking for team cohesion. How do I know when I get it? And what 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 do I get when I get there? Oh, man, that's hard. <laughs> well, well, I think first we got to figure out something for your team to do. So a great team building exercise. Bring a deck of cards for every person and then let them go play solitaire in the corner. <laughs> Wait a minute. That sounds like the worst team building <laughs> exercise ever. Okay. So well, now, now that we've uh, defined the bounds, yeah, of- maybe. But but wait, this sounds like a good way to set an example of something. That, like, okay, play play at. solitaire together, you know, by yourselves in each in a corner, and then we'll show you a better way. But I, what what is that better way? Oh, well, I'll teach you a game called Snurd. They'll have a whole lot more fun. Uh, it's basically solitaire. And you can play on everybody's aces out in the middle of the table, and you're just trying to empty your deck faster, your hand, (laughs) solitaire table, faster than anybody else. So there's no turns. You're just moving as quickly as you can. But it makes it a lot more fun because you're with other people. So it'd it'd be interesting if everyone finished faster, too. You know, if we could show that everyone had more fun and finished, everyone finished faster, too. Uh, compared there you to go. everyone solitaire by themselves. That's interesting. And then you can take them out after work too, because I think that I think you need that. What 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 have you seen as far as good team cohesion? What what kind of benefits does it give us? And and since Tice isn't here, how do we measure team cohesion? Oh, I hate you. <laughs> I, I I quit. I'll see you guys next podcast. Uh, <laughs> Is my happiness metric maybe a good good way to do that? Just yeah, everyone rate the cohesion or the how the team's working out. Just happiness in general, I think, is a yeah. good measure of team cohesiveness. Because anybody who's been on a team where they're not working together well, you, you usually hate being on the team. Have you ever been really happy to be on a team that wasn't working together well? <laughs> I wasn't very happy. I'm a ten. Today. I'm a ten. Nobody on my team ever talks. It's fantastic. <laughs> Even the introverts are like, what the hell? Can somebody say something? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that the happiness thing is a, is a good metric. But, but I mean, what can you, what can you see visually? Um, 
a, a great team has good camaraderie and and they they can joke around and smile with each other and they know about each other's lives how many how many guys in your girls guys on your team have i have uh kids how many uh, do you not know if they have kids mm. that's Probably actually four, an excellent four, point four out of the nine i don't know Four out of nine. So nearly half your team, you have no idea. Yep. So that that's I'm a problem. I'm sure the product. I'm sure the product owner is gonna like be like, "What the heck? Why are we talking about each other's kids now?" <laughs> <laughs> you don't have and to do you, that in some formal way. Uh, I know. Yeah, but like just those little things, learning about the people around you, even you just learning about the rest of the team. And their lives yeah. and what they like yeah. to do can can have a great impact on the entire team starting to gel. Bring it up mm-hmm. at stand up. Like, hey, what'd you guys do last night after work? And start building that camaraderie there. Build it's it's you gotta build social camaraderie. Yeah. Otherwise so, you'll never build it as as part of a technical team. So quick story about my previous team, half of which is is on this new team. Um, we were struggling with pairing, and we had a retro on on some things we could do to to get better at pairing. And the next three days, the room just felt different. I mean, you could just you could almost literally feel the collaboration happening. And it just that that happiness definitely, <laughs> I think, in everyone's mind went way up. Um, and you could just feel the collaboration. Uh, and like a week later, they broke our team up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that was sad. You want to see collaboration go up on a team? Invite them all over to your house for a barbecue and hang out in the backyard. Maybe we need a common enemy. That always Meetings. works well too. <laughs> what? Meetings, Meetings is our common enemy. We'll fight them together. We won't go to we won't go to meetings till someone shows up and drags us out of the room. <laughs> Have you tried something uh, like picking some particularly difficult story and doing a mob on it? Whole team mob. Ooh, good idea. Um, we do we don't do whole team mob, but we have done you know more than more than two people on some stories. Do a whole team. I mean, make the whole team uh, involved in it. So, the couple times I have seen mobbing, we did the uh, four minutes and switch roles. Is there a different way to do that? Or is that the pretty much the common way to do that? That's the way I've seen it as well. I mean, it wasn't four minutes, but it was more like ten. But <laughs> oh. no big deal. It doesn't really matter. It really depends on how many people you've got. And for your size, four minutes is probably about right. Is... Is there a maximum size where mob stops working or where people check out or how does that work? At at the point where you can't fit enough people in the room to be able to see the screen. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> and and you're going to cycle everybody through. Yeah. Everybody else will have to type. But just remember, if you're typing, you're just a driver, not a thinker. Right. You're doing what what the you're you're Jeeves, and uh, you you think only about how to make the editor do what the the navigator tells you, 
Right, right. That's what I was saying with Jeeves. You're the limo driver. The guy in the back's telling you where to go. But not how to get there. Correct. Cool. Alright, you guys have any other thoughts on Team Cohesion? Alright, then we'll wrap it up. This week's Hottest Picks. Amos, you want to go first? Sure. Uh... I actually had some picks tonight. So one of them was based on tonight uh, is how to engage everyone from the back of the room. It was a talk from Dylan Kearns at uh, Santa Barbara Agile when I was there a couple weeks ago. I put a link to the meetup page for it because they actually recorded it. It's on YouTube and there's a link in um, in some of the comments on that meetup page that includes some handouts that he gave out so that you can actually just follow along with the whole thing. It was interesting, had a lot of fun. You get to see me hop up and, and talk during it. Uh, I, although I didn't say much, I just kind of made fun of people like I normally do. And then uh, the my second pick is uh, Buzzing Amber, which is uh, a beer that I'm drinking tonight that I actually created the recipe for it's an amber ale made with a little bit of honey and i linked to the recipe so if any of our listeners are home brewers i just started home brewing um and i would love some feedback if you want to try it uh other than that that's all although i wanted to add another one after i saw lee's isaac asimov but i thought i wouldn't add another <laughs> isaac asimov link <laughs> All right, I, I I sense some foreshadowing. Lee, you want to go ahead with your pick? Sure. Lee, Lee don't pick Isaac Asimov. It'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so my my daughter has been uh, doing a rather large research project recently in high school, um, and so as part of that, she kind of got into some of my old research because she's doing uh, a literary uh, evaluation of robots and humanity through Asimov's perspective. And, uh, and so one of the, one of my favorite Asimov, uh, short essays came up, which was the relativity of wrong. And I suggest this for anybody that ever wants to, to have a clear understanding of exactly why science works and what it is. It's, and he, he starts by explaining that, the earth being flat is not wrong. It's just not as correct as it could be. The error rate is approximately eight inches per mile, but that's pretty good. It's only off by eight inches per mile. So then we have new science that comes in and tells us that, that uh, the earth is round and that reduces the error rate to something smaller, right? And that's what science does all the time. And that's what Mm -hmm. we do as developers too. If you think about it, we're constantly going back, no matter how good we think our original code was, something happens and we have to fix it or we have to change a feature or whatever. And the whole time, hopefully, if we're doing our job right, we're simply reducing uh, the error rate from what the customer wants to what we're giving them. So that's my way of tying it back into development. So that reminds me of a joke I heard recently. Uh, basically, there's the Flat Earth Society has members around the globe. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I believe that joke came from uh, from Neil deGrasse Tyson, wasn't it? 
Uh, yeah, that's, I think that is where I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me think it could be a Stephen Wright joke. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, my pick is an article by Tim O'Reilly, and it's called What Paul Graham is Missing About Inequality. Uh, Paul Graham had an article about inequality, basically saying that uh, even though I'm rich in creating wealth, um, you guys need to stop complaining about inequality. And uh, it was <laughs> basically showing that he's um, got a lot of privilege and doesn't understand that not everyone has those privileges. This Agile Life is brought to you by a community of Agile developers and coaches aspiring to spread the word about this groundbreaking approach to software development. Join us at thisagilelife.com forward slash community.